0: In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Jesus, Word of God, reveal more of yourself to us through your presence in the Bible. Led by the Holy Spirit, guide our time of reflection. May it increase our desire for you in the scripture and in the sacrament. Amen. If you notice a higher quality to our sound here at Sunday Setup, thank Thiago and Natalie. They provided a major upgrade to our recording equipment. Throw up a Hail Mary for them sometime while at Mass this Sunday. Speaking of Mass this Sunday, our first reading continues the story that we heard last weekend. You will remember that, at this moment in Acts of the Apostles, Peter and John have miraculously healed a crippled man in Jesus' name. Well, the Jewish leaders, elders, and scribes hear about this, and they're not very happy about all of this talk about Jesus. So, they bring in Peter and John to explain themselves, and that's where our first reading picks up. It's Peter's words to the leaders of the people and elders in defense of the healing that has happened. And in a way, we could say that Peter exercises a bit of holy spiciness here. He begins by saying, Look, you've brought us in to question us for doing a good deed. We healed a crippled man. And if you're curious how we did this, it is through the name of Jesus, that same Jesus you crucified. Now, when Peter says, you crucified, we have to think very concretely here. He's speaking to the very leaders who handed Jesus over to Pilate. In fact, just prior to our excerpt, we're told that Caiaphas is among the group that has assembled. And you'll remember that to Caiaphas is where the mob takes Jesus from the Garden of Gethsemane. So imagine Peter's boldness here. He's talking to the very leader who put Jesus on trial for death. Staying a bit more with the first reading, you'll find that it includes a passage from the Psalms. The stone rejected by you, the builders, which has become the cornerstone. Peter quotes this verse from Psalm 118 to describe Jesus. Yet the origin of this psalm was describing Israel as a whole after a military victory. The author of the psalm was explaining how Israel, this tiny and seemingly insignificant nation, rejected by the more powerful builder nations, was becoming a cornerstone, the cornerstone for God. Peter is taking that point and demonstrating how, in the same way, Jesus was rejected by the builders of the Jewish people, but God has chosen him to be the cornerstone. And as a final, final thought on our first reading, know that there's a bit of debate about this word cornerstone, because some scholars see it as cornerstone, while others see it as capstone. The difference is this. Is the stone the foundation of the building, or is it the crowning point that brings the whole structure together? Both could apply, and as you hear me say quite often, we're just not sure which was intended. In our second reading, St. John is trying to encourage his audience in the midst of whatever trial they're currently going through. So he reminds them, we are God's children, and God is our Father. But by this passage, it's as if John says, being God's children is not just a title, it's an actual fact. And so his progression of thought in the excerpt goes this way, we are called children of God. We are children of God. We are children of God now. Yet, since we are children now, what we will completely be has not yet been revealed. But we do know that we will be like Him, Him being Jesus, because we will see Him just as He is. This Sunday is, of course, Good Shepherd Sunday, and the reason for that is obvious when we take a look at our Gospel reading. It's from John chapter 10. The passage presents a contrast. The ideal and model shepherd versus the unideal and the false shepherd. The difference lies in what the shepherd deems as of value. When predators encircle the sheep, the hired hand runs away because he's interested not in the welfare of the sheep. He's only interested in collecting his pay, and risking his life for the welfare of the sheep doesn't make a difference on his payment or not. But the good shepherd has the welfare of the sheep in view and he is willing even to allow himself to be harmed if it means the sheep could be protected. But there's a bit of interesting background to this story that might help put it in further context. Remember, of course, that John's Gospel was likely written sometime around 90 to 100 AD. Well, about two decades prior to that, there was an exodus of prominent Jewish leaders out of Jerusalem and into the city of Jamnia. Not long after, Jerusalem was sieged and the temple destroyed for good. So it's possible that as the author of St. John's Gospel was recording what Jesus had said decades earlier, he's doing so mindful that the hired man who sees a wolf coming and leaves the sheep and runs away could be referring to precisely the Jewish leaders who fled the city of Jerusalem prior to its destruction by the Romans. Contrast that, of course, with Jesus who laid down his life for the sheep and did so in Jerusalem. So that's it. That's your Sunday setup for this fourth Sunday of Easter. May this knowledge of the story behind the scripture allow you to encounter Jesus Christ in a new way this weekend. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.